a Shishkin Productions podcast. You have your radio recording devices on? Get them on. Come on! It is in the net! It happens all over the world. People come together, kicking a soccer ball around, and it's a great uniter. Find me. I don't care anymore. Drain my bank account. I don't give a shit anymore. Okay? What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Calling All Casuals. We have uh, me, of course, Alexi, on my quest to become the second most important Alexi in American soccer media. And this time, we don't have the titular casual, Amy. Amy's out of town. So we have a very special, very casual co-host today. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? What's up? My name's Ben. Uh, I am, you know, the fill-in casual this week. Hell yeah. And I got some some big shoes to fill. Yeah, but you know what? They're so casual, they're like flip-flops. They're not even really I shoes. I can just slide my, slide just my feet right slide in. Slide them in. We're wearing slides today. This is the uh, Calling All Casuals debut for Ben, and uh, we're very excited to have him. I'm um, excited to be here. Okay, well, let's do this. So I'll, I'll kind of walk you through the show. I don't know if you've ever really listened to it, but we've got a lot of segments. What we always start with is kind of a reaction to what we were most excited for from last week. Um, real quick, Amy said she was excited for the Champions League final. Um, I'm sure, I don't know if you saw it, but Manchester City beat uh, Inter Milan, at which point I texted the group chat and said, today is the day that money finally destroyed soccer. <laughs> because Man City, you know, big oil money team, and I, we'll get into that a little bit later. I know you have a big question about that. Um, and what I was most excited for was USA versus Mexico, which I got to address my gaffe. The game isn't, it was, it's this week and it's actually after we're recording this, but it's before this releases. So, uh, I'm still excited for it. <laughs> don't Cla- know, classic. we don't know what's happened. So it's going to, we're going to be a week late on that, but, um, we'll get to that in the next episode. Extra hype. Now you can be extra hype for it. Uh, dude, I'm fucking hyped. I'm jacked. I was going to go to Vegas to try to watch it, but, um, not happening. I'm not going to. It's just too far away. You gonna you gonna do some sports betting on it though? You can still no, do that in New York. I'm not a, I'm not a gambler. I'm not a gambler because I always lose when I gamble, and when Fair I don't, enough. I still lose. Um, real quick, the social plugs for all those people out there trying to get to us. This is usually Amy's domain, but I'm gonna give it a go. Uh, on Twitter, you can find us at Calling Casuals. Uh, tweet at us anything you want us to talk about, or any segments, or any thoughts, opinions you have on soccer in general. Or even the world. Um, we're on TikTok. On TikTok, our handle is calling all casuals. Uh, remember, quest to 4K. When we get to 4,000 followers, we will start posting content. But for now, we're not posting any content. Ben's cracking up over here. You think you don't like that strategy? Uh, it's, it's less work for me. That's actually, I more I think about it, I think it's actually a pretty solid strategy because yeah. you're building hype. You're yeah. giving people something to, to build towards. Yeah. And they have no idea what your content's going to be. Yeah. We're only 200 followers away. So we need, we have 3,800 right now. We need to get to 4,000. So let's get to 4,000, the road to 4K, and then you'll see some content from us. Well, I'm going to follow you right now. Oh, hell yeah. It'll be very mid. And of course, calling all casuals at gmail.com if you're nasty. If you want to hit us old school style, get in our inbox. We have a little bit of room left. Um, all right. Ben, we always do uh, picks, MLS picks every week. So you're going to have to come up with some towards the end of the show, not now. But um, we're going to recap last week's picks. We have a running tally. Um, and last week, I did pretty damn good. I got seven right, which is out of 14 games. I got half of them right. But, oh, but so you should be betting. I know. But Amy, Amy did better. 
Amy got eight of them right. Damn. So big shout out. Congratulations to Amy. Woo. She won last week and uh, she now in the running total has six wins on the season. I have seven. Producer Eric has one. Sad. Not doing great. Not doing great. You might catch him this week, honestly. Um, all right. Let's get into the news and the tea. Uh, ben, you brought this up. You wanted me. You were like, you got to throw this on the list because you're a huge fan. I think Kylian Mbappe wants to leave PSG. So I hear. That's so what hear. you were. You were telling me that before the show. Well, that that's what all the headlines seem to be. See, I just I just Googled yeah. soccer news and that was like the first thing that came up. Have you ever a lot of headlines? You ever heard of Kylian Mbappe? I have even just as like a hyper casual. Yeah. I how, think he's kind of like the LeBron James of soccer right now. Is that kind of. Yeah, it's a, that's a that's a interesting way to put it. I would say he's more like the mm, I don't know. Maybe like the the ah, fuck. It's tough. It, well, he would have to be younger because LeBron, I think, is like goaded and he's old. Like LeBron's like messy to me. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I don't necessarily but, mean LeBron right now. I just yeah. kind of mean like he's the uh, he's, he's, rising star. And he's here's the difference though. Is he he's already won like the some of the highest things you can win. I don't. He has not won Champions League, but he won the World Cup, which is like might as well just retire now. Amazing. Uh, yeah. So. I don't even know if there's any young NBA players who've won the World Cup, but maybe he's more like a John Morant who like would have already won a championship or some shit. And no guns, less guns, <laughs> way less guns, way less uh, strip club shit going on. I don't know. But Mbappe wants to leave. Um, and so his contract, he basically said he's not going to resign his contract. Right. And that's supposed to be in 2024. Well, they're not going to want him to walk away for free. Oh, so yeah. it's, they're going to want to get something for him. So they're probably going to try to move him this summer. Um, I read 200 million upwards of is, 200 million. Is that million? what it is? Well, that's, that's what they're going to be looking for, apparently. I don't know who's going to pay that, but. Especially knowing that, like, they could have him next year if they want him for free. So, you know what I mean? Like, is it worth paying 200 million to, like, get him one year quicker? I don't know. In my opinion, just. Probably not unless the situation is like exact where you need them and you have a small window. Well, yeah, I guess the team has like PSG has much more incentive to try to, to get rid of him sooner and he can probably just kind of like chill. I mean, does he outwardly hate being on the team or you think he would stick around well, for another year? They have a very interesting. Um, I think if producer Eric was here, he could speak to it a little bit better than I can because he keeps up with that shit. But I think their fans have been like really uh not um, good to the players. Like they got those racist fans, those racist soccer I'm fans. I'm sure they have racist soccer fans because it's Paris. But like, I I, th- I think that they also are just like they don't think the players try hard enough sometimes, and they have very very high expectations, rightly so, because they have a lot of money and they have a lot of good players. So they expect to be competing at like the highest level, and when the team falls short, the fans turn on the players very quickly. Um, and I, I would imagine that gets old pretty fucking quick. So I don't blame him for wanting to leave. I think he'll probably go to Real Madrid. That's my guess, but I don't know. But do you think they will pay to get him a year earlier? And that's what's crazy, because the thing is, you never know. Like, maybe they will, because maybe to them, yes, they spend $200 million, But as soon as he comes in, within like three months, they make that back probably because of merch sales and the tickets and 
you know, partnership stuff and I don't know, global recognition. I mean, it's fucking Mbappe. It's a big name. I mean, do we know how much he's getting paid now on his current contract? Is that like, I'm sure they don't make that stuff public. Well, they, they do. So that, that 200 million wouldn't go to him. That 200 million goes to the club. No, I, I and get that. He negotiates that. his own salary, but. But that's current, what I'm wondering is like yeah. what he's making now versus what they'd be trying to sell him for. Um, It says that his current salary is over a million dollars a week. Got So. Yeah, is that just like every week for the year, or it's got to just be like when they're um, training or something? Maybe uh, it's been playing. Yeah, it's probably it's probably just during the season, I guess. In the off season, I assume you don't get paid, but it's like fifty uh, fifty two million. Yeah. a year, and then they're gonna try to sell them for two hundred. The thing is, those all, those players, you know, they make they make crazy money, and it's. It's kind of nuts. Well, um, I guess one of the articles I was reading was saying if he gets sold to another team, possibly Real Madrid, mm-hmm. uh, for you know over two hundred million, mm-hmm. uh, it would be a record-breaking number in soccer. I bet. Yeah, I, I'll probably. I think the current highest ever was Neymar when Neymar went from Barcelona to PSG. I could be wrong, but I think that's what it was. I think it was like a hundred and ninety something million. So this is just. Um, a little bit higher, I guess. That's crazy. Why do you think they're uh, just of like, you know, professional athletes in general, their salaries are insane. Yeah. Why do you think it's so high in soccer? I know it's such a popular sport all over the world, but like, that's a huge. You know what's gap. so funny is like, it, it's actually higher in basketball where it's just as high. Because if you think about it, now the difference is maybe, maybe basketball players play more games uh, just slightly or something, but if you think about it, like if, you know, a basketball player is making like the, some of the top basketball players make about 50 million a year and true, that's true, you know, same level as the top soccer players. I so think soccer that, players should be making more yes, because the, they're uh, not the, making enough. It's a bigger sport. I will say though, you know, your average soccer player does make, I think probably more than your average basketball player. Um, but if you look in the premier league, it's really crazy. And we've talked about it on the show before, but the disparity in like finance and, there's really serious talk right now that's happening this summer about a salary cap because the disparity is crazy in the Premier League where just the Premier League, like if you're like a middle bottom of the table team, you actually can afford more. You have you have more budget than some of like the higher teams in like France, for example. You know what I mean? So you can be like a top six, top seven team in France. And your budget might be the same as like the 18th place team in England because there's something about the economy that, you know, the economics of it have shifted over time. And the Premier League is so powerful and so many people watch it. I mean, I guess internationally, too. Exactly. It's not just like a, yep. a, that's what drives the, the viewership. And a lot. Most of the I'd say I don't really know if that's the majority, but a very large amount of players who play in England aren't English. You know, they, they come over because it's the biggest league yeah yeah absolutely um one league that's not the biggest league but is soon to be is major league soccer with the arrival of Messi. right i know you're stoked on it did you get your tickets yet uh not yet they were uh harder to find than taylor swift tickets yeah is that actually true i no, i have not i wouldn't be surprised if they were harder what team is he going to miami Okay. So it okay. fits. It's David Beckham's team. David Beckham owns that team. Ah, so it's like okay. a really interesting kind of. So, you know, he just like slid into the DMs and was like, yeah, you want to come over and basically do just like a legal 
crypto rug pull. I think David Beckham probably had a lot to do with it. Yeah, that's that's what I think. But um, he's apparently messy. There's talk that he's trying to get his uh, Barcelona, his kind of former Barcelona teammates, some of them, to come with him to uh, Miami as well. Now, do so you think kind of weird? Do you think they will just like absolutely dominate? Like, do you think it would just be like it's Miami just running over everybody? I don't know. You never know. And they'd be like I, twice the age of I don't, all the I don't players. think so. I don't think so. I, don't, I think with just him, they still have a lot of work to do. Because that team, I think, is in last place right now in the East. So it's not like he's coming to a team that... Because when he's at Barcelona, right? Barcelona has a history of being successful. Then he went to PSG, historically the most successful team in France and by far the richest team in France. Now he's coming to Miami, who maybe he'll have deep pockets, but... They've never proven any success in MLS. So, well, who's to say like one thirty-six-year-old guy who's like five foot three is gonna? He's not five foot three. He's like five six, five seven. But he's, he's six three. Yeah, he's, he's, he's six three in spirit. But who's to say he's gonna make a difference, right? Um, but what if he brings all his homies with him? That that makes it a, a different different story for sure. But MLS have certain rules with designated players is what they call them, where you can have three players who don't count towards the salary cap. Those are your designated players. You can pay them whatever you want. Everyone else counts for the salary cap. So in order for them to maybe bring in some of these bigger names, they would have to move the roster around a little bit. Either they would have to take less or they would have to take a DP, move them into a normal slot, bring their salary down, figure out how to give them bonuses to like circumvent the system or whatever there's gonna be a lot of sketchy money shit happening because last year they got in trouble for doing sketchy money shit and somehow Messi still got there oh so, a, a team from miami got in trouble for sketchy money shit who would have thought color me shocked um there's a player named lucho acosta who plays for cincinnati cincinnati used to be the butt of every joke but this year they're the best team in the league and he's their kind of main player uh lucho acosta he's apparently doing his u.s citizenship test he's gonna become a u.s citizen and if he does it's like is he gonna play for the u.s national team because he's still eligible he's he would be eligible i don't think he's played for i think he's argentinian or something i don't know but it would be kind of cool to have luciano acosta playing for the u.s men's national team right in time for the world cup how old is he uh he He's not the youngest, um, but he's he's 29. So okay, he's still got some fight in he's, him. He's got some fight in him, especially the way that he plays. He doesn't need to. He actually is five three, believe it or not. So he's a tiny guy, but um, he doesn't. He's more of a tactical player, right? So it's not like the physicalness is gonna ever impact his game that much. He doesn't rely on like pace and explosiveness. He's more about creating a, a goal, like making a great pass. Um, but he's never played for Argentina at the national level. So he's wide open to come to the U.S. men's national team. It's just kind of dawning on me that uh, soccer players are, in a, in a lot of ways, similar to NBA players, mm-hmm. but, like, almost for opposite reasons. Yeah. Right? It's like the in the NBA, if you're, like, you know, you're real tall, you got, all, you got the swag, you got the drip, whatever. Yeah. And, like, that's what's attractive to people. It's like these dudes playing in, you know, Champions League or, like, whatever, UEFA or whatever yeah, league yeah, yeah. that this guy's in. Yeah. Uh, you know, they can be out here being 5'3 and are probably still, like, they got all the money. Yep. They're probably still getting all the attention. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know so- I mean? like, soccer it has, a, has a, a, you don't have to be, like, built a certain way to play. I mean, you obviously have to be fit. You can't be, like, fat. If you're fat, then you're, you're going to have a lot of trouble. You can try. 
but you're gonna have I, trouble. I actually have a. Uh, I don't know if you want to get into it right now, but I have kind of a funny like fat person yeah. soccer. Go for it. Go thing. for it. So, <clears throat> came across this trend on Twitter recently where people are basically just posting. Oh, the, I know the guy. The wildest things. It might just be one account. It's like the wildest things that you can actually bet on. I guess like sports betting wise oh, never or mind. whatever. I don't, I don't know this. So like this is where, and we'll get back to this later too, probably. Uh, the like Rocket League, where it's mm-hmm. like soccer with cars. Yeah. In real life, where it's like two actual cars and like a giant ball, and like it's you know it's sponsored by like like stake or like one of those just online gambling companies Got that's it, like okay, you're okay. like FanDuel or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bet eight eight eight. And there was yeah. <laughs> and there you know the you know the ones. Yeah. And there was one that was I'm gonna try to think of like the most uh PC way to say this. It was morbidly obese people versus little people oh wow in a soccer match that was a real match that, that was happens? a real match i'll pull up the video and show you if wow you want. that's and, crazy and you could bet on it and that i would that pick was, the little people you know that was what i was thinking i only saw like a clip of it that's what i was thinking too is like dude, these little people around are yeah and like this kind of just goes back to what we were talking about you can be five three and like just real speedy and yeah. good technically and whatever the one clip i saw the little people were getting rolled man it was oh, literally yeah. just one morbidly obese dude who was just like kind of plowing through them and i will say you can be fat and be good at soccer which it's just you, you can't probably can't play at the highest level oh, absolutely but there not. is a guy on tiktok who um he's like he's just he's very fat i'm not saying in a mean way he just is but he's really pretty good and he always does like these tricks and flicks and post videos of him like taking shots from far away and it's a bummer because the guy's good like he's got skill you can tell he's got skill and quality he's obviously a little bit slower and like he takes a second to turn around and shit but he's got quality and all the comments just like are soccer player food pun names (laughs) so it's like yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty bad i don't even Lionel messy bib yeah something like that like um i don't know they're that's they're 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 crazy i don't really know um what they are because i just read them and i go oh god this is bad like (laughs) poor guy and there was actually one time where he posted he like he was like hey like this hurts my feelings can you guys not do this and everyone just kept doing it. And I was like, yeah, the internet, bad place. Um, Especially if you ask them not to do something. Right. That's the worst. That's they're, the worst way. They're going to do, do that. Um, speaking of, uh, you know, people who might not be fit to play soccer, uh, congressional soccer match happened. <laughs> what a segue. Um, you actually knew about this. I was surprised to hear that you knew about this because the only reason I knew about it is because someone who I play actual soccer with, He's a comedian. He was there doing like hosting. He was like uh, one of the hosts for their coverage of it. I oh guess. Oh my god! But I was like, "What the fuck is he doing in D.C.? Like, All Star is not for another couple of weeks." And it's like, no, he was there to be the host of this or the MC for this congressional thing. This is the real All Star match. Yeah. Did you? How did you find out about it? I found out about it from a single headline that was talking about Congressman Dan Crenshaw, who, if you don't know, is a Republican. Uh, U.S. representative from Texas. Uh, He's probably a scumbag. He's like anti-abortion, all that. Uh, su- I don't know anything about him. Super scumbag, super hyper-conservative. Uh, he's probably 
most well-known like his his most well-known like physical trait the thing you would recognize him for is that he has one eye and wears an eye patch all the time and oh. he, he lost that eye uh in military service you know now that you mentioned an eye patch i feel like i've seen pictures of this guy yeah, there you go see that that's what everyone knows him for he did like actually if you want to look up something extra hilarious oh, i've definitely he, seen pictures of this guy yeah there you go um so even if you don't know who he is, you you know what he looks like. Right, right, uh, right. Definitely a scumbag, hyper conservative. He has one of the most, if not the most, gerrymandered district in the entire country. Oh, damn. If you look up a picture of it, it is like the most. Uh, a lot of districts are unnatural shapes. Oh, wow. This is the most unnatural district shape you could ever imagine. Oh, so he's in Houston. Yeah. According to this, this is yeah, the 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 second, district second is district. I think very. It's shaped like a. Um, it's almost shaped like a kite, and, so, and then someone holding a kite, and like the string is part of the district as well. It, it really goes all over the fucking map here. Um, and that is the only reason, the only way he got elected was having this insanely gerrymandered district. Interesting. So, but corruption has never stopped soccer. So the oh, match, absolutely the match went ahead, and I think the Republicans won, which well, is so crazy is, because is I feel like I, the Republicans are the ones who don't like immigrants, and then suddenly they win a game that's like basically the most immigrant-heavy game in the fucking world, but they won. And I, I mean, that's how I heard about it, was a headline basically saying they won, and then Dan Crenshaw gave his gla- popped out his glass eye and gave it to the ref, basically. What the fuck? As a, like a what? As a treat? <laughs> like what? What was it like? Here you have a chance to hold my eye. That can't be like hygienic either. <laughs> yeah, Did he put I don't it back think, in. Uh, I sure, I, I sure hope so. And I kind of like I sweat it all over this glass. Hold this thing. <laughs> and like, does he have the eye patch over it too? Is it like holding in the moisture? Probably. While he's, dude, he's probably got a little wet boy just <laughs> sitting in so his he eye. Just popped it. It popped out nice and easy. Yeah, it's nice it and juicy. Slick. It was already slick. And he handed it to the ref and was probably like, "Here, thanks. This is for you know ignoring yeah. all the times I was just like kicking the Democrats in their knees." And Man, I kind of wonder what the quality of that match was like. I, I didn't look for. Did you, was there terrible. a way to watch it or no? I didn't even look into it i i'm sure there's if you went on youtube and just searched like congressional soccer match i'm sure there's at least like you know uh clips of it but it's fucking nuts to me that like you know there's like single mothers in new york city who commute like an hour and a half to work and work like a 10 hour 12 hour day and then they like can barely afford to feed their kids but then like these fucking Congress people are like, let's have a soccer game. <laughs> like, it's like, go fuck yourself. Go, to, you should be working. You're the ones who should be working. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's supposed to just. I'm sure it's supposed to have some sort of like stupid neoliberal right. represent. At least you know from the Democratic side, they're probably like, you know, well, this is a representation of us challenging the Republicans, yeah. and the Republicans are you know have some similar conservative viewpoint sure. on it. I'm sure, just like it's all theater. It's all bullshit. The theater is a great way to put it. Um, and you know. You know who else is, is hard at work is the elite soccer players. They, uh, this is those my, are this not is, the Congress Clem, people. Yeah, th- these are ones who are not the Congress people. They're like the exact opposite because they're good at soccer and they're hard at work. And Congress <laughs> is bad at soccer and never working. Um, but Marcus Rashford, you know, th- a lot of players have been kind of talking about this over the last few months, and we've talked about it on the show a lot. But Marcus Rashford did an interview and he said that basically that elite players need more rest between games. Um, he said, you know, a quote from him, he said, uh, 
I know some managers have spoken out about it, but if one play, if one team is playing 60 games and another team is playing 38, there needs to be some time for teams playing those 20 extra games to recover and to be able to prepare properly for a game. Um, he said, I think we should be given more time to recover in between certain games and at different stages in the season as well. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, what do you think about that? Like they should make all of the teams play every single day of the entire year. Everyone plays 365 games. There's no rest. Honestly, not a bad idea. <laughs> Cause then like the teams would have to employ more players cause they'd have to rotate the squad more. There you go. We got to raise the salary cap. Um, I, uh, I think he makes an interesting point, but I, I, I'm, I'm kind of like right in between on what he's saying because yes, I, th- I think that there should be less like bullshit national tournaments, and the players should actually get time off. But I think that during the actual season, part of what makes it hard to win all these trophies is the fact that there is a difference in how many games you play. So if you stay in every tournament until the end and you get to the finals of every tournament you're in, of course you're going to play more games. And that's part of what makes it hard to, you know what winning the treble is? It means you win three trophies in the same year. So Manchester City did that this year. Um, They won. So you win like the Premier League, you win the Premier League, you win the domestic cup, like the FA Cup, and you win the Champions League, like an international tournament, right? Um, Or... Uh, yeah, like non-domestic one, uh, and everyone except the U.S. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not. Uh, well, you could you could probably do a trouble in MLS, but it would be weird, and I don't think anyone would really care that much. But like, the point is, you your season is definitely easier if you are a a team that doesn't make it to those tournaments. You play less games, but at the end of the day you have less chances to win the fucking trophies. Like if you want to win more trophies, you have to play more games. That's just how it works. So, and I would think if you're starting out as like a, a worse team and you lose and you're like out of whatever tournament yep, and you don't have more games to play more time off should mean theoretically more practice. So you get better and then yeah. come back the next year and actually go further or yeah. win or whatever. So, like, I feel like there should be a balance there. I it's, agree. It's like, you know, if, if there's a team that's playing more games every year consistently because they're winning consistently and going to the ends of these tournaments, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they it's like a dynasty thing, right? Yep. They're either going to keep winning until the team is so old that they have to, like, kind of start over it's, or whatever. Like, it should kind of naturally yeah. itself. Well, and here's the reason that it doesn't is, and again, we'll probably get into this right after this break, but it's because of money. It's the fact that these Everything. teams can go, huh, this is interesting. We're playing a lot of games and it's hard for us to, we don't want to play our bad players in these games. Let's just go buy more good players. And that way, like when we bring players off the bench or rotate the team, our team is so deep that like we actually have like really good players that are playing in the games that don't matter. You know what I mean? So then they just don't lose really ever. Um, But, you know, it's like in the NBA, for example, people like LeBron, there was a stretch where he was going to the finals like every year. And so he would get way less time off. He would he would play basically two extra months because of the playoffs. So we're like maybe six extra weeks. And did you ever hear LeBron complaining about what I'm saying? But then it's but (laughs) you know what? It's it's crazy because those things really do take a toll. Like at the end of the day, you have less time off. Um, so I don't know. It's 
it's weird. I get where he's coming from, but I just think like there's really stupid shit that like happens at a national level where like England will play in a thing called like the Nations League or whatever. It's like we don't need to make another international soccer tournament. We have enough of those like because it used to be a window where they would play friendlies and that would be just like matches to get some players some playing time, get some players some visibility and you know you didn't have to really play but now they've turned all of those most of those into like competitive games so now more players have to come in and actually play and it's it's all those competitive games probably draw a bigger audience and more money and always always about why does it always come back to it why does it always come back because it's not really about the sport it's never it's never been about the sport and the champions league sealed it this year all right let's take a quick break when we come back we got amy's big question via ben and a little deep dive into soccer video games Welcome back to Calling All Casuals. It uh, feels weird for me to do the welcome back from the first break. It's not really my territory. It's kind of what Amy does. But uh, we're here. We're back. I'm still here. And uh, our special guest co-host, Ben, is here. I'm still here. So, Ben, you've listened to the show. You're a huge fan, I know. Uh, there's a segment called Amy's Big Question, where Amy usually poses the titular big question that she comes up with. But there is no Amy today i will channel amy there's ben so today amy's big question via ben ben what do you got well so going through let me just give a little background of where it came where i got the question from so like going through the killian mbappe stuff uh looking into the team that he plays on now psg paris saint germain they are a qatar-backed French soccer team. Yes. Now, when I read that, the first thing my mind went to is everything that's going on right now with PGA and Liv and Saudi Arabia. And there's so much outrage over uh, like the money influence and political influence. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these people basically like Saudi Arabia basically just like threw their money into making a shill version of the PGA and uh, enticed a lot of top PGA players mm-hmm. with an insane amount of money. And it was basically just like an astroturfed PGA. And PGA at first was saying, like, you know, we're basically like not going to do business with these guys. They're yeah. competitors. And then they went into negotiations, came out of that, and yeah. they're merged now. And then there's all this outrage of yeah. like, the the money that goes into it and you know you can just buy a league and buy influence money doesn't just talk it shouts from the rooftops i mean clearly it four pretty much yeah four (laughs) hundred billion (laughs) dollars that's what it fucking shouts but you're right i mean money is is dominant so you were researching psg and their foreign ownership yeah and you know my question is basically and also i want to just say i don't when i say foreign ownership that's not a bad thing it's just like where the money comes from that can sometimes be a bad thing i don't care about foreign ownership at all i'm not trying to be like xenophobic about any of that yeah and, and just, I'm the, to, just to clarify yeah and i'm the same way i i'm just curious because like you know i definitely don't follow world soccer news as closely as you do um is there any sort of outrage in the soccer world about money and political influence in soccer like that? Or I, if not, like, why not? So here's the thing. 
it's it's a complicated answer i think the answer is yes there is outrage however if your team is winning ah then you're fine with it manchester city just they started this project let and i also that's also just a weird way to put it a project it's not a project it's 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 an investment vehicle it's like a like a way to make your money appreciate while having fun and and earning like market share and it's it's just weird like i don't consider i think when when a when a when someone when a billionaire or like a state-owned fund buys a team that's just an investment vehicle that's all it is like because they can pour in money and it, it will always return like soccer or sports teams are a great investment most of the time. I mean, you don't even have to win. Look at the New York Knicks. Yeah, exactly. Or like, look at the the Phoenix Suns. I think the Phoenix Suns, like, literally, I think it's a better one. They their value went like sky high over the last like ten years, and I think every team's did. Um, I think with City, their fans who have been, you know, not all of them. There's all obviously new fans, but there are definitely fans who have been living in Manchester United's shadow for fucking ever, and. For them, they don't give a fuck where the money comes from because their team just lifted the biggest trophy that they could have. And they started working on it 10 years ago, maybe even more than 10 years ago. They, they, they started bringing in big players trying to step out of that shadow. And they finally did it. And they probably don't give a fuck about money and soccer because it's benefiting them. Newcastle United are another team. They used to, they had in the 90s specifically, they had such a great uh they still have a great fan base but they had a great team they had some great players and they would they they would fight and they were a solid team they had an owner uh i don't know when he took over i think it was mike ashley was the owner and he was known for being very thrifty he would not spend on anything and um he was a pretty shitty owner and just last year they got bought by the public investment fund of saudi arabia so now the estimate this is crazy but the estimated combined net worth of the owners of newcastle united which is mostly the saudi public investment fund is 620 billion dollars that's like over half a trillion dollars in wealth that controls that team so all that is to say i have a friend who's a newcastle fan my friend joe he's a big newcastle fan and I'm sure that he is very happy about that because now his team can bring in a lot of great players and they can stay afloat and they can even challenge to win the league or win European competitions, you know? So like those people probably love it. Then there's people who don't have rich owners and they feel there's no way we can even compete. Like what are we even going to do? Cause our owners won't open up their pocketbooks. Um, I think the, the general idea of course people don't like it don't like money being that important in soccer because it ruins like the culture but there's also those big fish at the top who are all like well now that we have this money you know there was talk i don't know if you knew it but last year about breaking away and forming a super league where it was like hey we don't want to play with you guys anymore the real madrid's barcelona juventus's of the world the man cities man united's will all break away and make their own league and then the inequality is going to be insane. Um, that plan fell through because there was pretty worldwide outrage and people weren't fucking with it. But I don't know. It's very interesting. Like, again, I'm not against foreign ownership at all, but I do think it's very interesting to think about, you know, the Premier League, for example. Um, 
in the Premier League, Tottenham are owned by English guys, Joe Lewis and Dan Levy. Um, and Brighton, Brighton, uh, Brighton and Hove Albion are owned by Tony Bloom. Um, Luton Town are owned by the supporters, which is really cool. Um, they're a very new small team. Uh, Brentford are owned by a guy, Matthew Benham. So those are the teams that are owned by like quote unquote English people. So that's four teams out of 20. Oh my God. So, so it's already very commonplace. Yeah. And most of the owners are American. Chelsea is owned by Americans. Arsenal is owned by Americans. Aston Villa is partly owned by Americans. Liverpool owned by Americans. Fulham by Americans. Yeah. But Americans have uh, even though they're certainly on par with a lot of Saudi Arabia's, you know, uh, civil rights and human rights violations and yeah. war crimes and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, the America just has a, a different public face. But I, I just like, think it's very globally. I think it's very weird that like so many, I don't know. I get it. I understand that like at the end of the day, it's about the money and like it's an investment vehicle, but it's, it, it's a little bit frustrating that there's not more owners who like are ethical and passionate at the same time because I think these and look they're playing by the rules they're playing by the rules yeah. it's just that there is no salary cap so well I grew up in New England so I have to think of a lot of sports things uh, not even that I'm a New England sports fan still but mm-hmm. just in a, a analogous way like that's how my brain right makes yes. these analogies yeah, and yeah. the more I hear this the more I'm thinking well this is kind of like if outside money like from Qatar or Saudi Arabia or any place like that uh, is what brought Tom Brady to the Patriots yeah no one would have given a shit if he right. if he was still like you know a winning quarterback and won all those Super Bowls or whatever like yep. everyone in New England as racist as they can be sometimes they would all be you it, know waving Saudi Arabian flags yeah, dude if your team is winning you don't give a fuck who the owner is. That's true. That's but true. But as soon as things are going bad, then the owner and the manager, the owner and the coach get like a lot of, of the blame. Um, I don't know. It's to me, my, the last thing I'll kind of say about it is like, you know, when Manchester city won champions league this year, it was like, to me, a, a very symbolic win for money and it was like that's it passion is gone and I say that as like someone who recognizes that City are an incredible club and they're so fun to watch like they play beautiful soccer but I have not watched that was the first Manchester City game I watched all year maybe the second I've watched all year because I know that when I turn the TV on and they're playing I know they're going to win it's just not interesting to me to watch them you know, it's like um, it's like when uh, the Warriors it, kept going it, it, to the championship every year. Yeah, it's kind of like that. But even with the Warriors, like you know, you knew that there it was going to come to an end because you knew like okay, they can't go that deep in the tax. The players' salary is going to keep going up. They're going to keep getting punished. Eventually, they're going to have to come back down to earth. And we're seeing that happen over these years right now. But with City. they might never have to come back down unless like the owners sell but like they've got they got money bro they don't have to like city are owned by uh abu dhabi united group which is a state-owned fund um so they're owned by abu dhabi basically so 
Yeah, it, the money's never going to run dry. Yeah, unless Abu Dhabi runs out of money, then but, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. But now they're invested in Manchester City, who are now like a global brand. So it's it's weird, man. Capitalism is ruining everything. Uh, yeah, and you know, sports are supposed to be one of the things that distract you from the bad parts of capitalism. Yeah. So what's going on here? Yeah, it's all it's all uh, in very very late stages. Uh, let's get into the deep dive this week. We're talking about soccer in video games um i know you video game fanatic we had to plan this show kind of at the last minute and uh i put my zelda down for this you did damn holy smokes did you build you should build a like a little soccer goal in zelda maybe find someone online to play a little soccer game with could be kind of cool i'm on it i know everyone in zelda is building stuff that's the whole thing now also it shows your lack of knowledge there is no online Oh, wow. Oh, yes, it's Nintendo, right? Yeah, they don't do online. I mean, for certain things. For Mario Strikers, there's online. We'll get to it. All right. So, soccer and video games, obviously, you know FIFA. Of course. You've played FIFA, I'm sure. I have. What do you think? Uh, I think it's fine. fine. I think it's like basically every other sports, like major sports video game, whether it's NBA, 2K, uh, yeah. you know MLS whatever you know MLS is FIFA right, um, right, right. but like NHL whatever they basically just repackage the same game every year exactly and put the new year on the end of it and yeah. add maybe like some new players or whatever but they they have not for as good as FIFA is as like a soccer simulation game uh, I don't think they've done anything to fully innovate well yeah like they had a a huge innovation and it was like a big revolution of like you know this if you're trying to play a soccer video game like fifa was the one for a very long time i think i don't think they've done anything beyond that they've just kind of like rested on their laurels they were at the top and so they were the brand that everyone played and so you know i think personally the game is not very good I i don't think the physics are very good at all but i can't deny the power of that game it was you know I remember I played it the first one I ever well, I played it back in like 98 that was like the first one I ever played but then even for Sega Genesis I would go back and buy some of the older ones to try to play them like 94 and it's it's a really really incredible game and there's multiple videos on YouTube that go through like every year of FIFA and you get to see gameplay from every single one uh, very cool stuff FIFA definitely I think plays a very interesting role in soccer culture specifically in America because it was for a lot of people you know, maybe you played soccer as a kid because everyone played for a couple of years and you know the me- basic mechanics of the game. And then if you get a chance to play the video game, it just introduces you more and you start learning the players names and you kind of it's a great entryway into soccer fandom, I think, for a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so that was it, it was it was an important game, I think. It also has earned a lot of cultural cachet over the last like 20 years, I think. 20 years ago it was like kind of fringe and now like everybody fucking plays like if you play sports video games you probably play fifa even if you don't um play soccer i had a lot of friends in college who didn't play soccer at all but were like yo let's play fifa and they would always want to run fifa and i was like this is crazy well like, yeah because i think just to speak more to your point it's uh shows people how exciting of a game it is and mm-hmm. like when you have it in video game form especially when you're like dudes in college just kind of like hanging out playing video games it's definitely something that is like 
fun to play and also fun to watch and you can get into it and i think that kind of especially for american people uh you know your the next logical step in your mind is just watching an actual soccer game and exactly. like getting into soccer yeah that exactly way. so fifa obviously had that partnership with ea sports and that's why ea sports had the license to use the fifa name uh this year 2023 this last version I'm sure you're aware it was the last yep. FIFA game under the EA Sports thing. So seismic split. Um, EA Sports are making their own game now called EAFC, which is probably, I'm assuming, going to be built using the same It's going to be a FIFA clone. It's going to be FIFA, but without the name, different name. And that's yeah. it. Um, and like maybe they can't use, I don't know what the licen- licensing is like, yeah. if they can maybe not use player names I think, or something. I think the player names are different i don't think you negotiate that with fifa i think you might negotiate that through either just the players or a players union or something like that gotcha but i they definitely will not be able to make any more the fifa world cup series of games because every year there was a world cup they would either make a world cup game or they would make that a game mode in that year's fifa gotcha and you would have like the actual trophy and the songs and all that you can't use that anymore um fifa on the other hand decided and who knows maybe they're flying too close to the sun but this uh soccer organization decided we're gonna make a video game so fifa are gonna make their own competitor video game to eafc and it's gonna be called fifa it's gonna be called fifa uh the president of fifa johnny infantino who's what a mobster type name but johnny infantino said the new fifa game fifa 25 26 27 and so on will always be the best e-game for any girl or boy we will have is that a direct quote quote that he said then he went on to say i can assure you that the only authentic real game that has the fifa name will be the best one available for gamers and football fans the fifa name is the only global original title fifa 23 24 25 26 and so on the constant is the fifa name and it will remain forever and remain and then in all caps the best <laughs> so he's, he's he's trying to like really uh talk some shit he's really uh i, I think this is like a, a bunch of corporate mumbo jumbo yeah. to basically say hey we're gonna keep putting out the same game for the next twenty years, and you're gonna fucking love it. Yeah, okay. That's pretty much what it sounds. I don't want to like. hear any talk back. But here's the thing: you're gonna love it. I wonder, developer-wise, like what's happening there because EA already has all of the the nuts and bolts. They've got the foundation for the game. They've proven that people buy it. So, are is FIFA gonna have to develop a whole new like game or a new engine or something like that, or are they gonna find people like poach people from the EA team? No, I think probably I, have a, a clause that like. You know, I don't know. I think I know almost exactly what's going to happen on both sides. On the EA side, what EA is notorious for is microtransactions in their games. We're about to get into it, so I love that. So I feel like the, on the EA side, they're going to take the the FIFA experience and like you can, they could both use the same engine. They're bar- probably both going to use the newest Unreal Engine because that's mm-hmm. like what every video game is using now. Um, 
so they're probably both going to use the same engine. If there's no issue with like getting the player names, they're probably both going to have like similar rosters, similar physics, whatever. Like the actual game will probably be very similar. Mm-hmm. But I, I think on the EA side, there's going to be a whole bunch of like microtransaction DLC pay yes. to win kind of stuff. Um, there's I wouldn't be surprised if they do kind of like a what a lot of games are doing now, this like early access, you know, basically releasing the game before it's finished and then having just like people in the world be free play testers. Right. Like going through that whole thing and then not actually maybe it'll be like a finished game, but it won't be like they won't do anything new and innovative and revolutionary. It'll just be a bunch of microtransactions. Sure. And on the FIFA side, I think what they're, they're most likely to do is uh, basically contracted out to an already existing game development studio and like they'll oversee it or whatever. But so like maybe FIFA potentially starts like a game publishing company. Right. right, I don't think they would start a development studio because that would be insane. There's already so many. Right. That's like to start that from the ground would be nuts. Yeah. So I think they probably contracted out for the development and the making of the game. And then maybe they publish it through an already existing publisher. Maybe they start their own publishing company, but that would be kind of crazy too. Cause yeah. they'd have to, I guess they could figure out the distribution side cause they're so big and so rich already. So here's let's, let's put a pin in FIFA's plans. Cause I have something that I would love for them to do and we'll get to it in a second. But when you talked about microtransactions, uh, what EA do is they created, and now this is probably going to have to get renamed as well because it used the FIFA name, but they had a thing called Foot, F-U-T, FIFA Ultimate Team. So FIFA Ultimate Team is the thing that has been making EA all of the money for the last however many years. This is what you're talking about, microtransaction stuff. You have your little team that you first, they gift you a couple, what they call packs, and those packs have player cards. And when you click X to open it, opens up like a virtual it's a loot box right but it opens up like a virtual trading card pack and mm-hmm. it reveals a player card and you now have that player on your ultimate team uh so basically you assemble your starting 11 and you get like coach cards and there's power-ups and like weird shit injury cards whatever they turn soccer so, into an rpg exactly and so you have your own custom ultimate team and uh dude this when they introduced this it took off like wildfire so much so that they don't even focus on any of the other parts of the game anymore and it you were 100 percent correct this is the thing that kind of ruined this game um and i say that as someone who doesn't really like online play i prefer a story and so they used to do like story modes and i liked that um but with ultimate team now everybody plays online and that's what all of the streamers have they do ultimate team and they all play together where everyone controls one player because you also have your my player that you can create and all this shit um but the ultimate team thing is like the microtransaction part of it is so crazy that there's just like you literally youtube videos and in streamers who get like millions of views where they don't even play the game they're just opening up the packs yeah, live it's like unboxing basically it, yeah it's like a little gambling thing and you know sure they spend money on these packs like whatever a few hundred bucks but they make all of that back from their streams and from you know monetizing their viewership um i personally 
never fucked with FIFA Ultimate Team. I don't really like online gaming. I don't know if you do that that much, but with sports, not so I f- much anymore. With sports, I find it to be so like everyone's such a tryhard, and it's like, dude, I just want to relax when I play video games. I don't feel like sitting up on the edge of my couch like gripping the controller trying to win like i don't care about it that much well do they have like a ranked and unranked thing or is it like only ultimate team and you have to care every you know I, I haven't played in so long but i'm sure they have like some unranked stuff and all that it just it, to me it's more fun to play a game against someone if they're in the room with me right because Absolutely. like then you're chatting and bullshitting and like you know them and i don't know it's more fun well that that's kind of gone away at least across the board right? well for i would say like 99 percent. there's definitely still some games that are designed with that in mind maybe not necessarily as like their primary objective yeah uh there's still some games like that but that's an even smaller percentage there's just at least still well, some games that like offer that so uh, here's okay option. that's a great lead-in to what i'll i'll call this little chunk the downfall of Pez. So you, you're you aware, I'm sure, I think you and I have played it at my house before, oh, uh, yeah. the game Pez, Pro Evolution Soccer, a.k.a. Winning Eleven, a.k.a. eFootball. Um, we'll get to how they connect to the online world in a second. But a.k.a. the FIFA killer. Yeah, to give you some backstory, right? So Pro Evolution Soccer, that's the name of it in Europe. So the European title is Pro Evolution Soccer. The North American title used to be Winning Eleven, and then it was even more confusing because the winning 11 are the 11 players on the field, right? So this is your winning 11, but they would release it. Um, they released new versions of it every time. So I remember what the one I loved as a kid was winning 11, seven for PS2. So it's like so many fucking numbers. What is this? But um, <laughs> uh, now was it? Zero seven, like just nope, just the number seven so like because winning, it happened to be the seventh one. So it looked like winning 117. Right. Yes. I mean, but the number 11 is written out. Oh, God. Yeah. So it's even more confusing. Winning 11 7 released in 2003. So like, it's like, what is this We're on winning 11 30 at this. This is like now that now that's what I call music. So then finally in 2007, they put the the things together because they were like, this is so confusing. So now then it was just called Pro Evolution Soccer 2008 across the board. And that kept going for a while. And then, um, in, well, before we get to it, we'll get to what happened in 2020. That was a crazy thing. But in 2001, when they started this for the North American audience, they actually released it as ESPN MLS Extra Time 2002, oh my God. which is so crazy. I'll pull up the uh, the cover of it for you. You can see that's super 2000s, like so Y2K core. But like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that shit and I honestly was like damn I gotta go find like a ROM of this so I can try to play it on my computer because this is probably so sick like Taylor Twelman's on the fucking cover or no sorry Clint Mathis is on the cover I'm connected with him on LinkedIn bro damn that's my claim to fame on this show six degrees yeah six degrees of Clint does he know Kevin Bacon he probably knows him dude he knows everybody he's a legend um but uh I wrote in my notes Pez is so weird. They're so bad at marketing. So to give you the backstory, Pez is a Konami game. They're published by Konami, right? So, you know, Konami, they always make the weirdest decisions and they're just a kind of a oddball. Like their, their shit is amazing, but half the time you're like, there's random things that are just like missing or like don't work. And you're like, shouldn't this like have been solved by now? Like, why does it like this? Why is it designed this way? Pez again physics of the game 
are fucking incredible but they never they didn't have the money to license pretty much anything so instead of manchester united for a long time now i think they have instead of manchester united until like 2020 they were just called man red and man city were called man blue and arsenal were called north london red and tottenham were north london white and they didn't they didn't have the rights to any of these fucking leagues um on top of that there was one year i wrote down in this notes because i was just like blown away by this instead of spending money on licensing maybe like at least one team or a league they spent money to license queen songs they oh licensed we are the champions and we will rock you it was like <laughs> but like patrick clivert's name who was like an all-star player at the time his name was like Patrick Foydberg and it was like just <laughs> fucking trying to license Patrick Cliver like fuck the Queen songs who cares well, they probably that. looked at the cost of, of the two and they were like well for the cost of all these players we can get two Queen songs yeah. so and so let's go with the songs one year there was instead of licensing player a player for the fucking cover of the game they licensed to at the time was the most famous referee in the world he was cheaper. Pierre Luigi Colina. He is like this like famous referee. He's Italian guy, bald, like a piercing gaze, and he's like savage. But Pierre Luigi Colina wasn't even in the fucking game. Oh my god. <laughs> they just put him on the cover. <laughs> I was like, bro, what are you doing? The players would have fake names. Like I said, the teams would have fake jerseys, fake badges, but they were all like cheap knockoffs. So instead of like Man City's is like a blue circle with like a ship. Instead, it was a light blue circle with like a horse. And it oh said M-A-C. And like the jerseys were the same color, but definitely not real. And what is so cool about Pez, and this was Konami's workaround, is that they allowed for a very mod friendly like portal that was built in. So they had these files. They gave everyone access to like the option files, is what they call them. And there are websites out there still to this day that like nerds will go in design all of the jerseys realistically with all the patches all of the sponsors in like photoshop whatever they'll export everything and it's uploaded as one nice zip with an option file you put it on a drive you plug your drive into your system or if you're on pc you just point it to that folder and it it unlocks everything so every player gets a realistic face scan every player gets a realistic jersey every league's name is in there every tournament's name is in there every manager's name and picture are in there they even upload the flags that the actual fans wave at the games and it becomes the most realistic best soccer game period so what you're saying is all of this stuff that uh, the FIFA guy was talking about this is going to be the best game ever. They should basically just buy the rights to a modded version of Pro and, Evolution Soccer. Well, so this is where I was getting to with that. I think it would be sick if they partnered with Konami and they like decided to actually put their power behind Konami and like help them attain licenses so we could have a really cool PES game. But Konami fucked everything up in 2020 because they once again renamed it from pro evo soccer to i think they called it uh just e-football or something they called it e-football pez 2020 and then the next year they released e-football pez 2021 season update was the full name of the game oh my god dude they too much fucked this thing up so bad because 
they announced it with all of these brilliant plans where they go, they saw how successful Ultimate Team was. They're like, we need a moneymaker that's an online moneymaker. They go, eFootball is going to be the new standard. Cross-platform play. So it doesn't matter if you're on PC, Xbox, PlayStation. You can play with your friends regardless. And it's going to be an online mode. It's going to be amazing. And we're going to roll it out. And as we like roll it out, we'll introduce more game modes and more stuff. And everyone's like, well, this is kind of weird. But whatever, we'll allow it. So they, they roll it out. There was only like 12 teams oh, God. in the whole game. There, oh. it, like They didn't even have a full league. They had like two teams from England, two teams from Italy. Like it was, They were like, but they're fully licensed. And it was like, people don't come here for that. Have you seen the mod community? People <laughs> yeah. come here to play full story modes. They had a thing called the Master League. That was their franchise mode. Um, very Japanese. But uh, they removed all of their game modes except for online match play that was it that's the only thing that existed so when you got eFootball they were like it's free and you're like oh free game cool no it's not free because you actually have to like pay for any additional unlocked things that you want in the game which at the time did not exist and the physics were so bad the game completely crashed and burned i believe it got a zero from like meta score or whatever game radar or whatever it is yeah I believe that game got a literal zero. So the everyone fell off of it completely and no one plays it anymore. Uh, I still have um, Pro Evo 2020 or something or 20, I don't remember which one. I still have one on my uh, PlayStation that I play, but that mod community is still going. So I have the most up-to-date rosters because you one click, you can download everything. So no one has moved to the new game that's how bad they fucked it up by trying to chase that online dollar yeah because they don't know how to do it um so it's very interesting i'm i hope that fifa and konami manage to work together i don't think that's going to happen though it seems like too too big of a deal to happen yeah i also don't know if uh konami would be even looking to like it doesn't even sound like they're really looking to put that much into the space they're trying to do minimal effort for maximum money yep so those are kind of the two big fish um we're gonna move on to another one that is very iconic in soccer but it's not very casual it's it's super in-depth it's a game called football manager i've told you about it before i'm aware you're basically managing a soccer team and just doing spreadsheets and watching overhead simulations of the game i've always been dots. super curious because i see they keep coming out with that game year after year and it yeah clearly has like a very large fan base the fan base how um, is, is that incredible fun? how is that fun well, you're literally you said it's literally like a manager simulator you're doing spreadsheets you're not even actually playing like yeah. so that sounds like it would be a game mode in fifa why yeah. is it become its own game here's the thing with football manager it is so robust and the research and the scouting that they do is actually like like on par with real world scouting there's teams who use football manager as a tool for their scouts because it is that robust and it has every single league like they've done so much player research and they do it every year that it is actually the most realistic simulator you can have for managing a team now it's not an arcade style thing right you're not gonna be able to play the games but if your goal is to like you know try to really play as a manager in a realistic way it is the closest thing i mean i'm talking you know 
it's not just like England's first division in Premier League. You also have the championship. You got League One. You got League Two. Then you break it off into the amateur leagues. You got those down to like three or four levels. You have like the random like third or fourth league in Argentina. You can go to like Bolivia. There's Thailand third league. Like literally any league you can imagine is in that game. And I think that is part of what makes it so appealing is that like it really feels like an in-depth soccer simulator um but like what's the appeal there you're just like oh man i want to show that i can manage a team better than the people actually managing it It, it's it's interesting i don't i don't really i can't really explain it like because it just sounds boring to me it 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 does sound boring because it's a lot of like contract negotiation and setting up schedules for training and like setting up your team's formation but it really is kind of like a puzzle where you go okay I want to play a 4-3-3. Like, I want to play a certain formation attacking along the wings, but the team I have isn't good enough to kind of do that, so I need to go find how to take a player on loan or something, but I only have X amount of money to work with, so you have to kind of figure out the right puzzle and the right tactics to make your team to set them out for victory. And if, if they're fucking up, then you have to, like, maybe change some things or move some guys away. But, again, the, the rules are super realistic, too, where, like you know for mls like there's a lot of certain rules about homegrown players and dp slots and stuff like that and when you can trade players and when you can't and like how to sign them it's very complicated but all of those rules are in the game so it's really for hardcore soccer nerds which is why i opened by saying this is not a casual i mean i guess there's a lot more of those out there playing video games than i i think then it's very seems very popular i mean so much so that like there's people who like are absolute just nuts about it and they'll go to you know there was one story about some kid i think from art from italy or something where some he he controlled he was the manager of some like irish club in that game and there was one player who played really really well for him in the game and he liked him so much that he like printed out his stats sheet like from football manager and he flew to Ireland to go to a game and had the players sign. Oh my god! Because <laughs> he like loved the players so much. But it, it, football manager culture is very crazy. So I felt like if we're going to talk about video games, we had to just touch on it at oh, least. Oh yeah, because it is very very bizarre. And you know, obviously there are franchise modes and stuff, and like PES and in FIFA, and that's kind of where I live is in that world. I like doing the the managing and signing new players and fixing my team up this game is just far more in depth than a regular franchise mode oh yeah this game you get sucked in and next thing you know four hours have gone by and you're like what am i i'm answering emails for four hours like what is happening next thing you know you've just been doing a literal job pretty much like for free yeah well it's there in the form of a video game it's a dream job for a lot of people that's true i wonder can you see like, is it are a lot of the the stats and stuff public? Like, I'm I'm wondering if like people, oh, yeah. it's like actual scouts could be looking at what people in the game are doing. Like, if they're just using it as like a, a information tool, basically, and that's a, why they keep releasing it. Yes, a ton of scout. I think a ton of scouts actually, maybe not a ton, but like a decent amount do use it as an information tool. And I could even see it being a really solid pathway into becoming a scout if that's what you want to do for your career. That's true. I mean, I was thinking more like uh, having someone else do your job for you. And oh, then you're like, yeah. oh, I can just like outsource this guy's, it. This guy's got a good idea. Yeah, outsource just... it to some kid in the Philippines. Basically. You're like, hey, who'd you find for me on uh, on, on FM? Um, yeah, so football manager, great one. Um, and that, again, is very not 
casual at all. Um, to end this, I think we're going to get into just a few non like soccer, not big time games. Cause I think FIFA and Pez are the big ones. FM is the third one. And after that, <laughs> EAFC. Yeah. And after that, it becomes like kind of the more oddball games. So one that you brought up, uh, it's a game called Super Mario Strikers. I don't know much about this. So tell me a little bit about this game. Uh, so it's basically your typical straightforward Mario sports game. I don't know if you've ever played any of the other Mario Tennis, Mario Golf, anything like that. Um, but it's, you know, Mario Soccer. Uh, it is... I don't remember if it's it's three on three and then each team gets like a five. A, it says five, five aside. So five on five. Oh, okay. So yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, maybe it is five yeah, on yeah. five. But does that include the goalie? Because each team gets a, oh. a Koopa Troopa. Yeah, so a Koopa Troopa goalie. Yep, <laughs> oh my yep. god. Uh, maybe it's like four on four with a goalie. So five on five. Yeah, yeah. So you're like picking four of your characters. Yeah. Um, you know, and everyone's got different abilities and you know like the bigger characters will actually hit harder um and then there's you know different um not costumes but like you know you can get like uh upgrades that are both visual and then also give you some sort of like stat upgrade so it's basically just like cartoonish soccer with mario characters in the mario world and it's actually super super fun if you want the the Venn diagram here of like soccer games and then games that are co-op or not co-op but like multiplayer that yeah. you can play on your couch sitting next to the other person and it's actually a great time because it has online as well yeah. you can go online and like you know play against a friend or play against a random um, and that's actually they- it's for Nintendo online which is usually horrible it's actually pretty good you find matches pretty quick uh, it doesn't really crash too often. Now, do they still make this game? Because it says that it was made in 2005. So I wonder no, if, no, if it's still playable. You're, you're looking... So the one that came out more recently is basically like... A, a, um, oh, Super Mario Strikers Charged? No, that one's in 2007, it says. Oh, Mario Strikers Battle League. Yes, that's yeah, yeah this, that's wow. the one. That's so they're the still one. making this series. That is insane. Well, it, I'm pretty sure they made the Battle League one... Because there was like so much, uh, like a, a lot of the fandom was asking for if you're gonna remake a yeah. Mario sports game because they had remade, I think they remade Mario Tennis at some point, mm-hmm. um, but they also remade Mario Golf somewhat recently. This uh, is, and then people were like, dude, you got to give us Mario Strikers. That was the best one. And this is like it takes all the best parts of the older game and yeah. just like keeps them and updates it quality of life updates yeah. it's it's super fun it's very it's like, straightforward but it's like super mario fun. kart meets soccer it's just, basically it's very interesting that we went from like the most hardcore soccer game that doesn't even involve playing just doing spreadsheets and emails to like the most fun game where it says you can throw banana peels on the field or oh yeah shoot shells at players and there's no out of bounds like no it's basically like a indoor soccer type that's, arena that's cool I, you know what we should do on the uh, calling all casuals tiktok channel is me and amy should play this game live and that should just be the the whole channel dude yeah honestly it's super fun game uh also fun to watch it's one of those things too where like 
there's so much go- certain times there's so much going on on the screen at once mm-hmm. that both people playing or you can play with four people too i think um everyone playing is just like what the fuck is going on yeah, chaos utter chaos um speaking of like mario kart right a karting type game there's also rocket league which i don't know too much about um but i will say it's I'll, cars playing soccer cars playing soccer i'll let you in on a little secret one of my friends i'll, I'll spare their name i'm not going to say it for, for privacy because this is some nerd shit but they're ranked like top point one percent in the world in rocket league oh my god they live they live in bushwick i'll tell you after the show who it is but damn, I just like kind of doxed them a little bit. But <laughs> well, Bushwick is big. Yeah, but, they live um, in East Williamsburg. Yeah, they are really good at this Rocket League game. Apparently, do they and play competitively? Or yeah, it's... yeah, they they play in like tournaments. I think yeah. and stuff. But you can make money. Um, it's it's pretty nuts. I didn't realize that it had that much. Uh, it's one of the fandom. It's one of the biggest esports right now, as far as like. I don't know if it's necessarily up there. I'm sure player base is pretty high, but it's one of the biggest esports viewer wise. Yeah. Like when they have a, a major tournament or match or whatever, it gets a lot of live viewers, like concurrent live viewers. So it says that there's a thing called the Rocket League Championship Series. Yeah. yeah. Um, that RLs, features a million yes. dollar prize pool. Oh, no. No, it says in the last year actually had a six million dollar prize pool. That is insane. Yeah, for a video game. And it's basically cars playing soccer with little very little gravity. Yeah. That's it, it's it's kinda wild. I um I've been before to a thing called Gamescom in, in Germany and I I didn't know what this was. I was there for work, but I imagine looking back on it, this was probably there and people were probably playing it. Oh yeah. Absolutely. On stage and stuff, you know what I absolutely. mean? Absolutely. Um you said that they made a real one too that they're doing in real life yeah so uh in the same category as what i was talking about before with the fat people little people soccer game uh there was another video i saw that was essentially rocket league in real life obviously with gravity Mm -hmm. um and it was two full-size cars like mini coopers or something playing soccer rocket league whatever it's kind of cool with like a giant you know inflatable like a, a, like big, a zorb or something like uh, that. that's what it looked like it was like a one of those giant clear balls yeah. that's like you know almost as big as the cars yeah yeah and <clears throat> rocket league can be very exciting right because there's low gravity and you're jumping and off the, of walls the, yeah and stuff. the cars are flipping around there's like turbo boosts yeah this was literally just like watching these two cars try to do like a three-point turn but they're constantly blocking each other yeah, in yeah. it would be funny so if someone stupid. took that video and uh using like after effects or something just got rid of the ball so it just looked like these two cars just like <laughs> trying to drive <laughs> that'd be pretty good um we have a lot of other stuff on this list i'm just going to go through a couple of them really quickly because i want to get to this one last thing and we've already gone long on this segment um i wrote flash game robbie baggio's magical kicks there was a player named roberto baggio back in the day who was like a free kick legend um and this flash game basically would put you it had this the box like the penalty box and then the goal and had a goalie in it and it would put you in a random place on the outside of the box and it would put a a wall like for the goalie Mm -hmm. and you basically had to like choose the power and the angle of the swerve and you tried to score and like you move on to these different levels legendary flash game for soccer also now that I think about it maybe you played this one slime soccer 
Don't know if you ever remember that. No. It was a very low-res Flash game where you're these two little slimes, and you can choose different countries, and it's just a different colored slime. But they're just these two half circles with eyeballs, and you move them around and jump and try to hit a ball over the other one into its goal. Um, we would always kill time doing so it's that. Like, it's like Pong, basically. Kind of, yes. Yeah, yeah, slime soccer, classic. Um, you mentioned Backyard Soccer, which is part of the Backyard series. Oh, yeah. Shout out Pablo Sanchez. There you go. I, I never played it, but it's kids playing soccer in a backyard, right? And they have characters that go throughout the series, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the whole thing was like, you know, all the kids have different stats and their own little personalities, but Pablo Sanchez was just like the the goat of every game he would have just like the best stats yeah you know shout out he's short king probably like three feet tall let's go he's like messy kind of um we also put on this list a thing called soccer kid which i just randomly clicked on because it's the name was crazy like soccer kid what a weird name uh and luckily it's kind of interesting it's not a soccer game it is a platformer where you're a kid who has a soccer ball so you kind of go around the world to try and re retrieve and restore the World Cup from the clutches of the alien pi alien pirate Scab. Um, I thought you were going to say the alien pirate FIFA. Yeah, yeah, the alien pirate Johnny Infantino. Um, <laughs> uh, Set Blatter. But um, <laughs> basically you run around and you kick a ball at enemies and it's very weird. It's like an old school game from 1993 for the computer. It was an MS-DOS game, I think. And... Uh, looking at the reviews, uh, it's glowing reviews across the board. Like, no, rarely, rarely ranks lower than 80% or 85%. Well, so this game was out here teaching children of that time that you can use a soccer ball as a weapon. Yes. And I think that probably jived with a lot of, a lot of children back then. They probably loved that shit. Of that course. realization of, like, wow, I don't have to really have, like, a gun or a knife. I can just go around kicking mm -hmm. my soccer ball at people. The last one I want to touch on, and you brought this up. I think you were surprised when you were looking through the list of games that there were. You were surprised that FIFA Street was a thing. Yeah, I've never, I didn't realize they made that. So as a kid, I loved that game. I think I had that one and FIFA Street 2 is it, and is FIFA it just, Street 3. Is it just like extra violent soccer? No, it's it's the opposite. It's actually like, it's street soccer. So street soccer culture, maybe it's, it's a lot more like street basketball, right? Where like, it's all about tricks and flicks and being creative um, and the games are smaller sided. Uh, but they would have cameos from like all these like, you know, great like real players from actual soccer uh, who are into street football. And so there was a lot of really cool tricks you could do. And it was a good learning thing too. Cause you go, Oh, I never thought about like trying to do this trick. Um, we have a friend who is a soccer freestyler um, freestyler, meaning his whole like thing is to do actual just tricks with the ball. And they have contests about that and stuff. And he was silver medalist at one point in the world. Uh, you know, him, Dan, right? Yep. And, um, I bring him up because he actually was featured a lot no in shot. a game called Street Power Street Power Soccer or Street Power Football. Um, this is really interesting to me. I'm, I'm, yeah, we're looking at the website now. I'm going to scroll down in a second. But the other game, FIFA Street, featured soccer players who played in actual leagues, and this was just putting them on the street. But I think people who actually do soccer freestyle and street soccer by this point there's a lot of that culture that already exists and there's a lot of influencers quote unquote in that sphere so all of those influencers 
are in this game. So if you look at it, you see Seon Garnier. He's like one of the greatest like freestylers. He does a thing called Pana, which is like a game where you try to meg the person. Uh, Liv Cook, she's also like a soccer freestyler. Andrew Henderson, also he's a great guy. And uh, Daniel, Daniel God hits. That's in, our boy. In the game. And on top of that, he made the theme song for the thing too. So I, I didn't figured, know he made music yeah, too. Damn. I figured that would be a fun thing to uh, to end it on. But uh, it's like a little soccer video game that's not just about traditional soccer. It's about like different game. The different game modes are like freestyle, where you're. It's like it's almost like a dunk contest for basketball. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean, like, and then the other one, like you're trying to do some crazy trick to like get by the other person. Totally. So like you can play a match, but also Pana is where you try to nutmeg the person. That's all. Freestyle is where you're doing tricks, uh, and trick shot is where you're trying to hit these trick shots. So it's a very interesting game. It's like, oh, this isn't this isn't uh, what you think of when you think of soccer. So that's it's pretty cool. I'm surprised that is how old is that game? How long ago did that? I think come that out? game is only from like last last year or maybe a couple okay, of so years maybe, old. Maybe just needs more time because I was gonna say I'm kind of surprised. It looks really good. Like yeah. just visually, it looks really good. I'm kind of surprised. It hasn't caught on more as a proof of concept mm -hmm. and like gotten taken on by like a bigger studio or something or someone hasn't tried to come out with like a bigger version of it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a cool, cool idea. FIFA have definitely tried to do that because they took the FIFA Street concept after they retired it and actually put it into their game. And it was called like Volta or something like that. And it was their attempt at street soccer. Um, and I think they actually did put like freestylers in their game as well. This one is just more like cartoony and like kind of it know. looks like Fortnite. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. what I'm saying. It if, looks if just they, like Fortnite. If they yeah. keep that because that aesthetic's huge. If they yeah. keep that aesthetic and just build out the game and get more promotion behind it, it's a it's a cool idea. Um, the last thing that I'll say before we go to break is um, if you happen to be in Manchester, I think uh, in from July 12th of this year to February 25th of next year, there will be an exhibit at the National Football Museum called Batteries Not Included, which is a interactive exhibition that explores the history and development of football toys and games. Uh, so Relevant. that could be pretty cool, you know? So if you find yourself in Manchester, uh, before you kill yourself, go to this thing, because Manchester fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the break. We come back at one last segment, Weird Nicknames, and it's going to be a good one. We are back with the Pop 11 coming right at you. We got Ben in the studio. What's up, Ben? And we're back. And we're back. Uh, this Get my is, radio voice going. This is, you always have your radio voice going. This is everybody's favorite segment, I think, Pop 11. It's, uh, it's definitely a classic. And today... And we're popping claws. We're popping claws. And we're popping nicknames. These are the weird nicknames of soccer. Um, I will say... I will, I guarantee you I've missed some of these. Uh, so if you're like, damn, how did you miss this nickname? Tweet at us, calling casuals, or uh, email us, callingallcasuals at gmail.com. And uh, let me know, what are some weird nicknames? Did you have a weird nickname when you played soccer? That kind of stuff. Let me know, you know? It's funny. I played, I'll tell you, I played on a team when I was a kid. And um, I was like slower. And I was like, I, was, I wasn't in shape. I'm, I'm never in shape. My body type is always... I got a little belly and I just do my thing. You've had like, a dad bod since I've, eight yeah, years old. I've had a dad bod forever. And so like my style is very like, I don't motivate myself too much, but I move enough to, to, to succeed. So it's like, I like to think of myself as like a wannabe Dimitar Berbatov. But you know, when you're playing with uh, Hispanic people, 
they'll always give you a nickname and it, it's a, it means that they like you if they give you a nickname but they were calling me uh, Gordo and I was like god damn it bro <laughs> call me Gordo <laughs> they're like damn one of the few Spanish I words I actually know I know it was it was a mess um, that was a fun team though um, alright Let's get into uh, weird nicknames. Did you have a weird nickname at all when you were growing up? Not related to soccer, but when I was in high school, oh God, when I was in high school, uh, all of my friends called me Lunchbox. Love that. What, yeah. is there a reason? Um, a very stupid one. Uh-oh. Are you familiar with the Jay and Silent Bob movies? Uh, yes. So I was in a thrift store one time with our good buddy Dave Kahn mm -hmm. and uh, another high school friend of ours. And I was also, uh, you know, short and I was Gordo. I was also Gordo. Let's fucking go. School. Brotherhood of the Gordos. Brotherhood of the Gordos, dude. No Gordo left behind. That's why we don't record video of this thing. <laughs> We're too Gordo to fit in the frame. <laughs> and because it would mean I'd, I would have to put pants on. I don't want to yeah, do that. Neither of us are wearing pants. <laughs> it's, um, it's just how we record the show, dude. <laughs> Standard practice. <laughs> uh Anyways, I was in a thrift store with uh, these two friends, and I put on a, a trench coat, and one of them turned to me and said, you look like Silent Bob. I'm going to call you Lunchbox. Now, mind yep. you, I look nothing like Kevin Smith. I've never looked anything like Kevin Smith. Even at my heaviest, I look nothing <laughs> like Kevin Smith. And he just decided, you're fat, and you're wearing a trench coat. If if you weren't making fun of your friends using clerks jokes, were you ever really a teenage boy? It's true. It's, it's true. true. Especially in that era. So I was called Lunchbox by not just my friends. People's moms would call me Lunchbox. Love that. For like Love three that. solid years of my life. Well, okay. That is a name that if, if one of these players had it, it would have made the list and it, you probably would have been the captain because that's a solid Hell, fucking name. However, yeah. Captain Lunchbox, you didn't make the list, uh, but you know who did make the list? We're going to start with our goalkeeper, Massimo Taibi. If you are a Man United fan, you know the name Massimo Taibi. Massimo Taibi, I believe, is an Italian guy, Italian goalkeeper, and he kind of bounced around a little bit. He came to Manchester United from a club called Venezia, which is in Venice, right? Um, Venice, Italy. And he came and he was supposed to be like you know, a good goalkeeper. Uh, his first game, uh, they crossed a high ball in and he completely missed it. And uh, then they scored an easy goal. Uh, the next game that he played, uh, someone shot the ball from like far away and he should have just picked it up, but he left his legs open and went through his arms and through his legs and just trickled into the goal. Uh, he had a really, really terrible time there. So much so that he only played four games oh in his God. whole Man United career, and then they just like were like, "Never mind, you you can go." Just kidding. Um, he was from Venice, right? He came to Man United at least from Venice, so they were like, "Whoa, we're getting this Venetian guy," but he was so bad, and he was letting he could couldn't see the fucking ball. That they nicknamed him the Blind Venetian. <laughs> kind of like Venetian blinds, but yeah. they flipped it. So they were like, hey, you're the Blind Venetian. So <laughs> I was going to say Missimo. Yeah, Missimo Taibi. Yeah, that's a good one, too. You should be writing for the Daily Mail or something. <laughs> uh, moving into the defensive uh, team, we have a little quartet of defenders here. The first one is a guy named Chris Smalling. Actually, also played for Manchester United. Um they had a manager one time named Louis Van Hall, and Louis Van Hall is this kind of eccentric Dutch manager, um, and he, you know, he kind of did whatever he wanted. But um, 
Uh, well, there was one press conference when he like first took over the team where he was talking about Chris Smalling, but I think multiple times, just he instead of calling him Chris, that whole press conference, he called him Mike. He just <laughs> thought his name was Mike. So the entire press conference, he kept calling him Mike. Um, Power and, move. Yeah, and so that name stuck because everyone thought it was so funny. So, so they would just tweet at him like, hey, Mike, or stuff like that. And he actually got really upset about it. He said, even when we're going to games and getting off of the bus, it's all Mike this, Mike that, Mike this. And even though it can get an, and it's, it, it's annoying, you know, basically he said, it's one of those names, which is just going to have to stick with me and I've got to roll with it. But, uh, he Good definitely attitude. was mad that his name was Mike. Um, cause it's not even close, not even close, not even close. So Chris Smalling, AKA Mike, um, moving on, uh, to our, another defender we have on this team, with probably the most complicated name of the bunch, um, Andoni, uh, Andoni Goicochea, I'll say, Goicochea. Um, he is from Spain, uh, and his nickname was the Butcher of Bilbao because he was known for committing some crazy fouls. In 1983, he fouled Diego Maradona from behind. It was described as quote, one of the most brutal fouls ever delivered in the history of Spanish football. Uh, he tackled him from behind and broke his ankle. Maradona said he compared the sound he heard to that of wood breaking. Oh my God. And in the aftermath, English journalist Edward Owen is the one who made up the name Butcher of Bilbao. Um, he had that name the rest of his career and uh, it was just an insane tackle and uh, everyone... Uh, it was later reported that he kept the boot that he used to destroy Maradona's ankle ligaments at home in a glass case. Um, Savage. Yeah, the uh, coach of, I guess, the coach of Barcelona or something, Some uh, one of Maradona's friends, this guy Cesar Luis Minotti, accused uh, Andoni of, quote, belonging to a race of anti-footballers, and he called for a lifelong ban. So he was basically saying, like, hey, this guy's not even playing soccer. He's just out here to hurt people. Uh, he was he was banned for 10 games. Uh, he also, at some point in his career, had severely injured uh, Barcelona midfielder Bern Schuster, leaving him with a serious right knee injury from which he never fully recovered. And uh, when his team played Barcelona in the Copa del Rey final, uh, they, I think, won 1-0. And then there was a mass brawl on the pitch where he kicked Maradona again in the chest. So he was banned for 18 games for that, but it was reduced to seven. So this guy's just out here kicking people. This guy's the butcher of Bilbao for real. That oh is why God. the name is the name, you know? Um, another guy we have playing defense. He ended up moving to play like midfield later in his career, but we're going to put him at defense. This guy, Philip Lom, whose nickname at first when he played, he actually had two nicknames, but the first nickname was given to him by Mehmet Scholl, who was like a, a player, I think. I, th I don't think they overlapped. I think he was probably in, as, as a coach at that point. Or maybe he was a very old player when Lom started. But he called him wireless because he could play anywhere on the pitch. He didn't need any wires tethering him down. He could just play any position. Weird name. Not great. That's not the one we picked. The one that's picked for this, uh, he's 5'6". And you'll notice this theme coming up. Short King. But, yeah. Short King, indeed. The nickname they gave him was the Magic Dwarf. Oh so, my God! Philip Lom. He's not a Dungeons and Dragons type player. He is just a soccer player, but that doesn't stop him from being a Magic Dwarf. Um, just call him Gimli. Just I call know, him Gimli. I know. But the thing is with him, it's funny because he's just like 
he's he's just like a normal looking guy he looks nothing like a dwarf but i guess that's what they went with in, in germany um rounding out the back line we got another case of a very normal nickname uh there's a player who plays for Chelsea. He's played for Chelsea a very long time. His name is Cesar Aspilicueta. So kind of a mouthful. Um, and, you know, he understood that his name was kind of a tongue twister and it was hard for like stupid English people to say. So he's like, you know what? Just call me Dave. So literally, <laughs> they just call him Dave. Um, <laughs> we got Mike. We got Dave. Yeah. So instead of Cesar Aspilicueta, it's just Dave. Uh, he said, even in the street, they call me Dave. So I know that it's done in a good way. He said, I'm okay with it. I think they know my name really, and they can probably all spell it, but it's an affectionate nickname for me, so I don't mind. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, shout out, Dave. Um, here's where it gets a little bit sketchy. In our midfields, I, ha- I have like f- forward, some f- a forward coming back to play in the midfield. It's We're a very attacking-minded team. Uh, one of those forwards who I put back in the midfield is a man named Givanildo Vier de Sosa. It's a Brazilian guy crazy name long name but you may better know him you may know him better i should say as hulk <laughs> he goes by one name everyone in all over the world knows him just as hulk on the back of his jersey it just says hulk literally hulk you can say that first name i said to anybody they'll go i don't know who that is and you say hulk everybody knows hulk um his father jovan was a massive fan of uh, Lou Ferrigno. Oh, the and original Hulk. That was the original Hulk. So he affectionately called his son Hulk and it just kind of stuck. And um, he's, you know, he's also kind of built like him and he kind of looks like him a little bit. So that's why he, like they gave him the name and it's stuck in literally everywhere. He's played in Portugal. He's played in Brazil. He's played in Russia. He's played in China. Everywhere it's Hulk, just Hulk. Um, and it's a great name to have for headline writers apparently when he played in porto he got uh to quote this article embroiled in a tunnel brawl so they were in the tunnel he got in a fight against some players and they banned him for four months from the premier league in portugal and at that point uh the newspapers were calling him the ineligible hulk (laughs) (laughs) um Moving on from Hulk, we got one <laughs> big guy in the midfield. The two more very small guys. Um, I brought Leo Messi into the midfield and Sebastian Giovinco. I know, again, these are very attacking players, but whatever, that they're in our midfield. Leo Messi, Sebastian Giovinco, both have very similar names. Leo Messi, La Pulga Atomica, which is uh, the atomic flea. And uh, Sebastian Giovinco is uh, Formica Atomica, which is the atomic ant. So we got an atomic flea and an atomic ant. Basically, those are pretty easy to understand. Um, you know, Messi's a small guy, but he still manages to have significant upper body strength. They can still get around, and he's very quick. So he jumps around like a little flea, like a little atomic one. Uh, and then Giovinco, same thing. Uh, and it's a reference kind of to Adam Ant, which I don't know if you know that cartoon. It was an old cartoon. And... Uh, Giovinco likes the nickname. Uh, he says that when he, so when he scores, uh, sometimes he would celebrate goals by putting his thumb on the top of his head and pointing his little finger to the sky. And he said, I'm not very big. And many people told me over the years that I would never reach the top because of my size. That's why I do that celebration every time I score a nice goal. It's my way of saying I'm getting bigger. So kind of cool. Another short king, Sebastian Giovinco. Um, moving on to the forwards. Um, this one's my favorite. Uh, it's a guy named Jesus Corona. 
Jesus Corona is a Mexican guy. He's uh, I don't I don't know he's he's not that young of a player anymore, but I really really like him. Um, Corona played at a club in Mexico called Monterrey, where uh, he was you know excelling. He was a very really great player, uh, but the club uh, was owned by a sponsor called Guatemoc Moctezuma Brewery, right? So this uh, brewery owned the club and they had a, a logo of a subsidiary of their brewery called Carta Blanca on their kits. So uh, Carta Blanca, you know, were not cool with his last name being Corona because they are a rival brand. So instead of having his name Corona on the kit, it just said Jesus C. They refused to put the word Corona next to the thing. And so because of all of this beer shit, his, his actual nickname became Tecatito, little Tecate. Oh my God. <laughs> so his, his name is Tecatito Corona. That's what they call him in, uh, in Mexico. The Mexicans are really good at giving nicknames. Like their nicknames are off the charts. They're incredible. Oh yeah. We could probably do a whole pop 11 of Mexican nicknames, honestly. Um, another forward we have up there is Dion Dublin. Oh, Dion Dublin. Um, he has a nickname called the shower clearer, which is a wild nickname. Um, does that make sense? No. I mean, I, I want to know more. So he's clearing out showers. I need to know why. Yeah. I'm going to read from, from this article. Um, it says he, like, that pooping in the shower. Dion Dublin had a lengthy career for England playing for Manchester United, Coventry, Aston Villa, and Norwich. But Dion became famous for a different length, as Sir Alex Ferguson revealed in his first autobiography. Sir Alex Ferguson was one of the most, actually the most famous soccer manager of all time. Uh, he is a Scottish guy. Uh, it said, the revered Scott waxed lyrical over Dublin's manhood. Big? It isn't big. It's magnificent. <laughs> I've seen some whoppers in my time, but Dion's is something else. Hence the tag shower clearer took hold uh, for reasons that Fergie spoke so eloquently about. So it's because it's because he, he had a big wiener because he's hanging down. Yeah, they were like this guy. There's like on the shower clearer. Um, our also, that manager was just like, <laughs> wow, I love this guy's uh, dick. It's fucking insane. <laughs> um, our captain of the team, Duncan Ferguson, big dunk. But uh, that's not the nickname that we're talking about in this one. Big Dunk was, uh, I think he's about 6'4 or something like that. So big by oh, soccer player standards. Tall King. Big Scottish guy. Um, he was tied for the most red cards in Premier League history. Hell yeah. Um, but, you know, that's one thing. You know, he'd play, obviously, on, on the field that way. At one point, he, uh, he did have a physical altercation on the pitch where I think he headbutted um someone or something like that and he actually had to go to to prison for that oh my god um, yeah actual assault yeah he received a three-month jail term for assault um which that was like the worst on-field thing i think that happened but he also has headbutted a policeman before um he also had an altercation with a fisherman in a pub uh and he also fought a taxi driver so those are kind of like the bad things but 
he's been there's been burglary burglary attempts on his house twice uh, at one point two burglars broke into his home in lancashire and he confronted them and was able to detain one of them who subsequently spent three days in the hospital because of the injuries he sustained while dunk fucked him up. i mean hey don't break into someone's yeah. house if you're not um, ready and the second man managed to flee but he was eventually caught then they served 15 months so big dunk laid the big smackdown. Oh, yeah. And then in a totally different place in Merseyside, big dunk also had another burglary attempt on his home. Uh, and this time again, uh, this time the burglar didn't run away. They tried to attack Duncan Ferguson and he retaliated and the burglar was hospitalized again. Then he like tried to go to the police and say that Ferguson assaulted him. And the police were like, nah, dude, you tried to rob this oh guy's house. Oh my God. Is this guy's nickname like stand your ground? So because of all of his altercations that he gets into, his nickname is amazing. It's one of my favorites. Duncan Disorderly. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty good. Um, the owner of the team, we got DDA Drogba, who is apparently part owner of Phoenix Rising. Um, I, I couldn't find a good owner nickname, um, but he's not he's more known as a star. He's not really known for being an owner. Uh, his nickname was Tito um, because his mom greatly admired Josip Tito, the former uh, Yugoslavian kind of, let's say, dictator. Uh, and so, not because of the vodka. No. So I guess like when he was a kid and he was playing in the yard, his mom would just nickname him. She would call him Tito. But he quick quickly as he got to prominence erased that. He was like, uh, we're not going to be fucking put that calling the, me Tito. Put that in the memory hole. Um, and then the manager of the team, uh, we picked a guy who I didn't know until I researched this a guy named German Burgos. Um, so they called him El Mono, which means the monkey, the ape man. And the reason they called him the ape man or the monkey is because he had such a disheveled appearance. He just like, oh my God. he had like a crazy overgrown beard and like long ass hair. And um, yeah, he in 1999 was suspended 11 games for punching a player um, in a match where the referee didn't see it, but the camera saw it. Uh, but he's known for his one specific performance. He was a goalie when he played and he was known uh, for his performance in a real in a Madrid derby where he it's a rivalry local rivalry uh, he saved a penalty kick uh, with his face and it broke his nose but he played on and he ended up uh, being the goalie in like a really great 2-2 draw so um, the monkey he played through a broken nose bleeding broken nose and uh, he became the first coach in the world to use Google Glass during a competitive game. That's a weird thing I read, but I saw a picture of him wearing Google Glass and I was like, this is so bizarre. How much do you think he got paid for that? I don't know, but uh, El Mono. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, honorable mention, I can't talk about nicknames without bringing this one up. It's one of my favorite players of all time, Dennis Bergkamp. He's from Holland. He's a Dutch guy. His nickname was the Non-Flying Dutchman because he was afraid of flying. So every time his team played, he would figure out a different way to get there whether it was driving a train whatever but he would not fly so like if arsenal played somewhere in like romania or some shit he would just stay home they'd be like hey you don't, you don't have to play <laughs> but they also docked his pay they would because of all the alternate arrangements they had to make and this guy wasn't bad he was like one of the greatest of all time so they were probably paying him enough yeah definitely you could afford it um so yeah we flew through that one the weird nicknames it's because i you know, I don't really write a lot, so we, we did it. Producer Eric loves going deep on these, but uh, I try to finish the research in like 20 minutes, so I don't have to fucking work too hard. It's its own skill. Yeah. All right. We're going to get into next week's picks, and I'm going to let you pick for Amy. 
So you're going to decide what happens. This is where I'm going to tell you what the team is, MLS, who's hosting and who's who's who they're hosting. And you can pick either one team to win or another team to win or a draw. So those are your three options. This week, do I get any background information? Sure, I can, or, I, I can okay. give you background information okay. if you want. Um, this week, there's only six games at the weekend, and part of on this show, we don't do midweek games. We just don't cover them. Uh, so we've only got six this week. Uh, New York City FC will be hosting Columbus. Uh, so Yankee Stadium. Um, is Colum- that Columbus, Ohio? Yeah, Columbus Crew is the name of the team. Um, to give you some background, I picked Columbus. Producer Eric picked New York City FC. Um, and your other option is a draw. So what do you think? I got to go NYC. NYC FC. Home okay, team, baby. Love, love that. New England, your boys, the Revolution, are going to be hosting Orlando City, which good friend of the show, Gareth, that's his team. So that's going to be an interesting matchup. And I don't know. I don't follow MLS at all. I played soccer when I was in, you know, like elementary middle school. And there there was a year there where the revolution made it to the championship. There oh, was yeah. like a couple of years there where they four were years in a row where they were good. Well, there was I th- maybe it was the first year then where like it was it was like a big deal. My yeah. whole soccer team got together. My like sixth grade soccer team got Hell together yeah. to watch that shit. Dude. Well, it, was, dude, it was a big deal. Yeah, they went four years in a row. They had a player named Taylor Twelman who was a legend. I love Taylor Twelman. I think he's really cool. Um and uh, this last year, they were actually the best team in the league, but they they didn't get to the finals, so they fucked that up. Well, I, I gotta go. Who are they playing? They're playing Orlando. I gotta go New England. All right, revs across the board. Fuck you, Gareth. I also went um, New England, and producer Eric also went New England. Uh, DC United are hosting Real Salt Lake. The dumbest name in all of fucking soccer, Real Salt Lake. What? Why do they say Real and not Real? There was a time in MLS when all these teams who were entering the league wanted to feel like more European and like kind of have their name mean something. So that's when we saw like Kansas City Wizards change their name to Sporting Kansas City and Real Salt Lake came in like Real Salt Lake. And it was just a whole thing. And they don't do that as much anymore. Now the names are way more boring. They're just like. New St. England Louis, Revolution. Yeah, like St. Louis City Soccer Club or whatever. I don't know. Fucking whatever. NYCFC. Yeah. Uh, we're New England Revolution. Yeah, NYCFC is like one of the boring ones. New England Revolution's old school. I like that. I like that they have like a, a crazy name like that. Um, but yeah, DC United hosting Real Salt Lake. I, uh, Remember, you can pick a draw as well. How common are draws in the, the MLS? I would say generally a good rule of thumb is to pick a third of the games with the home team winning, a third of the games with the away team winning, and a third of the games with draws. This one's going to be a draw then, I think. Like that. That's what I said as well. Um, producer Eric said DC United for that one. Um, I don't know if you know who Wayne Rooney is. You ever heard of Wayne Rooney? Is he related to Mickey Rooney? No, no. He was he was a, a famous player for England, but now he's the coach of DC United. So kind of cool. Sporting Kansas City are hosting LAFC. Ooh. LAFC owned by Will Ferrell. Oh, so they're not the, what were they, Gal- they were Galaxy? Like the still Galaxy still exists. Galaxy still exists. So oh, so they have two teams. Mm-hmm. LAFC are like that new money, and Galaxy are old, and they're in, in a bad way right now. Um, I think I'm going to go LA on this one. All right, LAFC. It's just my gut feeling. I also picked LAFC, and every week we try to pick one of the games with a score does, as our like lock. I picked LAFC three to one. I think that they're going to score. They've got firepower. 
Uh, producer Eric picked Sporting Kansas City. So he thinks that the home team, I think, are going to take that one. Nashville hosting St. Louis. St. Louis are the newest team in the league, and they're off to a flying start. Nashville are... They've only been in the league a few years, but they have a, probably the MVP of the league right now at this point. This might be a hot take, but I think this one's going to be a draw. I love that take. This I also said it was going to be a draw, and producer Eric also said it was going to be a draw. <laughs> not a hot take at all. He, he picked a 2-2 draw. That was his lock. And, you know, for one of these, this is the last one, but maybe for this one, why don't you pick a score? Um, San Jose said, oh. are hosting Portland. Portland, obviously, my team, you know, that's, that's my guys. Um, just had a great, are, are great they week. good? They're not, they're not, they're not, they're, they're weird. They're hard to predict, man. Sometimes, sometimes they'll be great. And then sometimes they'll be really bad. And we have a lot of injuries right now. So it's weird. I'm going to say Portland one zero. I love that. That's a great note to end it on. Um, I said draw. I said a Portland draw and producer Eric said San Jose. So I feel, um, I feel like there's going to be. It, it might be early in the game, but I feel like they're going to get one solid goal and then just kind of like coast on that. Yeah. I mean, last week we had uh, a lot of opportunities and we only scored one and it was very nervy. Um, okay. What are we most excited for? Do you have anything you're most excited for soccer wise or for you? It doesn't have to be even soccer wise. I mean, does it have to be like uh, actual soccer wise or video game? It can game? be anything you want. It can be video game. Sure. I'm excited to go play some Mario Strikers because I haven't played it in a minute. And this oh, hell is yeah. reminding me how fun it is. That's what I love. I'm excited for USA Mexico. I think it's going to be a great one. Uh, very stoked. Um, and hopefully USA Canada final. That will be good, too. Um, all right. If you uh, want to find us on Twitter, it's calling casuals. If you want to find us on TikTok, calling all casuals. If you want to send us an email, calling all casuals at gmail.com. Um, I just want to thank uh, producer Eric for putting together some of this show. I want to thank Amy for, uh, you know, always being there and supporting us through the thick and the thin. I want to thank Ben the wonderful guest co-host who's been hanging out with us for an hour and a half. Hell yeah. And, happy to um, be here. Yeah, happy to have you. And um, I want to thank you, the listener, for listening. Uh, remember, as always, we say this one at the same time. Keep it casual. Productions Podcast.